Okay, we're uh, down at the uh, train station waiting for the uh, Bonoboville streamer. And uh, I'm here in studio with uh, our wonderful, wonderful team, as they call people today. Uh, teams. And tonight we're going to talk about different little things, some interesting, some not so interesting. And we are broadcasting from downtown Arcadia, California, the religious center on the other side of the river. And um, we're having a lot of fun with them. They're trying to uh, kick these... uh, uh, these mal something or others uh, out of here, but we ain't going. Uh, that's not happening, and uh, we're going to talk about that a little later. And uh, in the meantime, uh, make yourself comfortable, relax, and uh, yeah, smoke something, drink something, do some yoga, whatever you want to do. And uh, the train is almost here. I'm here with uh, my uh, my dear friend, love, and wife, and partner, and everything else, uh, Dr. Susie. And tonight, I'm on the video. And then next week, maybe she'll be on the video, and so forth and so on. And then uh, there's our engineer, John Smith. And uh, <laughs> um, so we're going to start now, and I think I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Susie because everybody looks very bored. So, Dr. Susie. Well, greetings, Captain Max. Greetings, greetings. And happy almost Chinese New Year of the Tiger. <laughs> so exciting. So exciting that I'm just laying here naked on my tiger print sheepskin rug. And even though it's not tiger print, it is sheepskin. And I didn't buy it. Remember, it was given to me. I think it's okay to accept these gifts. And actually, it was given to me a while ago. But I'm naked because that's how... It feels good to be on the sheepskin. Mmm. Fur. I love it. I have to say. Even though it's wrong. I love a lot of things that are wrong. (laughs) But in any case, I make adjustments to be a good ethical hedonist. So I only will lay on fur that is a gift. Don't all give me fur gifts now. No, I don't want any more. But I can't resist. Mmm, feels so good on my bare skin. And, of course, that's why I can't be on camera tonight. Anyway, Max is here for you, and he's having a Corona. Uh, Corona beer. Right. Yes. Of uh, course, uh, we have to say that. It's very true. People want to get back to normal very badly. I'm hearing it everywhere, especially rich people. They want to enjoy their money and their power and their fame, and they want to make more money and power and fame. And... You know, COVID really gets in the way of that. I mean, for other people, too, it's annoying and problematic. And a lot of people have problems with it, you know, serious problems like relatives dying. But it's especially, I guess, funny, uh, jarring to see someone like former New York Times writer and right-wing pundit Barry Weiss, that's Barry with an I, of course, say, I am so done with COVID. (laughs) Regardless of whether COVID is done with her or us, 
she has done with COVID. And she says all of her friends are too, even the liberals. Are they ready for B2? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But I do feel Barry's frustration. She wants to go shopping. She wants to socialize. She wants to speak before packed crowds of right-wing racist pseudo-intellectuals rubbing up against each other. She likes to play Russian roulette. I know she wants to do that. I'm not sure if she is doing that. Some people actually are. And some people are doing this unvaccinated and unmasked. I'm sure she's vaccinated. And I'm sure if she goes into one of these crowds, she's masked. She just seems that way. And I know she's vaccinated. But she just wants to play to that right-wing anti-vax. Freedom now, don't tread on me mentality that I think is financing her Substack career. So she went off like this on Bill Maher, and even he was shocked. He is also so over COVID. He's not so liberal anymore. A little bit, but he's really getting more and more right-wing all the time. It does sometimes happen with some people, you know. And yet, some of us get more lefty. Some of us sexy lefties. Anyway, Barry wants to go on her speaking tours. And I get it. I miss things, too. I miss the orgies. Right? Uh, yes. We, I do. I don't know about no, you. No, no, no. I, I miss... It's not so much... Yeah, I mean, the, I, I, I mean I, I'm a voyeur, basically. I love beautiful things. I love bodies tangled together. Oh, yes. You know, and, uh, and I miss that because visually it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It, but also it's not as amazing to just watch it on a video. Right, correct. No, this is in real life. In real life. Like the Garden of Eve. Or Eden. Or Eden, or with Eden. Eve. With, with Eve. Right? And Adam, and Lilith. Uh, oh, Lilith and was there. And everybody, so, Cain and Abel, everybody's having sex in an orgy. And, well, maybe not everybody. Some people are drinking and talking. And some people are doing kinky things like spanking. Mm. And we've had many, many of these events. And, I mean, they're not perfect evenings but they are amazing and they are something that I think I miss I know I miss a certain communal ecstasy or what author Barbara Ehrenreich calls collective joy and maybe you find your collective joy through praying in a packed church or cheering your team at a sporting event, or dancing in your seat at a rock concert. Or maybe you, like me, just prefer it in a nice, friendly, bonobo-esque orgy. Anyway, that's how we would do it here in Bonoboville at the Speakeasy. And I miss that in COVID times. Although... Vice is coming to Bonoboville, so ah, they want an orgy. Yes, right. They, they are orgy They hungry, want an orgy. Orgy yeah. thirsty. Yeah. Uh, by the way, they're coming uh, for a series uh, on uh, the, uh, what was it, uh, uh, the iconic, the iconic people of Los Angeles. Yes, I am one of the iconic people, and you are. We're both I, iconic. I, I am too. I'm also a felon and a publisher and uh, a painter mm. and a husband and uh, not a great dad, I must say, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, otherwise, you know, I'm pretty good at different, different things. You are many things. You are a <laughs> prince. 
You are the captain of our ship of fools for love. <laughs> and I am but a humble sex therapist. And so I'm excited to be iconic in Vice, but a little nervous about having an orgy. Oh, 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 oh yes. Or whatever yes, yes, we're yes. supposed to do. Well, well we uh, haven't had one since COVID. We had quite a few. In fact, one of the most intense orgies that we ever had in Bonoboville is the throwback tonight. It's the erotique orgy, or as we called it also, sex party in the womb room, which is what I would call my studio. And the subtitle is Group Sex in the Digital Age. Because the Erotique team was celebrating their 10th anniversary of doing webcam performances, which were usually just one person or two persons, but in this night, they wanted to do a big orgy, and they wanted to do it with me, and I was honored to have them celebrate their 10th anniversary on my big brass bed. And yes, this was my biggest bed I've ever had. It was a gigantic bed. It was led by Eric John, who is a porn star and a porn mogul, really. He's also an MIT grad and a former Boeing executive. Mm. So he has really reformed himself. He has reformed himself, yes. Because he went from killing people or helping to create killing machines to helping people feel good and have sex and just enjoy themselves. And that's a highly honorable uh, path in life. We find it honorable. Yeah. I find it honorable, and so do you. Well, I think Unfortunately, they, our society does not. I, I think they find it honorable here, too, among the very religious. One of the things about Arcadia is that it has a massage parlor on every corner. Yes. Yes, massage parlor. Now, you know what's going on there. And somehow they don't get their license pulled. Well, they don't get their license pulled. They're not considered adult. Can you imagine? All my life, getting massages in one of those places was for adults. Well, I think there's always a certain type of sex that is permissible in even the most restrictive, fascistic atmospheres. People need sex. It's required right. part of human existence, right. especially the leaders of said group. And so they come up with something. The king has a harem. Yeah. And the pastor has the sheep. There you go. Or they do a lot of secret things. Right. Oh, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secret abuse of yeah. altar boys and girls you're, you're doing that church. yeah and they do that here in, in arcadia too as religious as you might be i know what you're doing at night uh, or during the day or at work in the back room well uh, i hear about it all right? the time from Correct. my clients who are religious some of whom are pastors and rabbis and priests and who have sex. Now, some of them have fantasies of abusing children, but I don't let them do that. I make them talk to me, make them. I, <laughs> I can't make them, obviously, but I help them to have an outlet in which they can talk to me about their nastiest desires and fantasies and maybe they won't act on them 
maybe we can figure out a way together for them to handle them. People act on nasty desires and fantasies, evil feelings, when they don't know what to do and when they feel really bad about themselves for just having those feelings. And I say as a therapist, you're not bad for having those feelings. You're only bad if you act on bad ideas, feelings. Anyway, this is a great show. This is nothing bad. Everybody is so fucking happy. Oh my goddess. We're happy. Yeah, so happy. it's a fornication fest. So happy. It really is amazing. And just all the interaction and slobbering all over each other. I don't know if people are ever going to get to do that again. Well, if I'm ever going to get to do that again. I guess people are doing it now. Well, I'm slobbering on myself at night. (laughs) And me occasionally. (laughs) Yeah, and you occasionally. I noticed on my arm, I'm laying there slobbering somewhat. Right. But I I put uh, bum cream on it, so it's it's okay. Mm. Bum cream. I actually put the bum cream on my bum. Oh. (laughs) I got to keep my bum in shape, baby, for that future orgy. (laughs) Anyway, this is the biggest single orgy in the room room I think we've ever had. Eros days have had more people having sex, but they were spread out all over the speakeasy. And in this particular erotique orgy with Eric John and his wife at the time, Vicky Chase, who he met at Chase at Chase Manhattan Bank, Bank when she was a teller there, and he and she fell in love, and he kind of got her into porn, so to speak. Wow. We had a lot of people having sex on that bed that night, and I'll tell you, it is amazing. Factor in the thousands of listeners and viewers worldwide participating digitally and that are participating tonight because it's the throwback, and I believe we can honestly say It is an orgy of Olympian proportions. You got to see it. And it's the bonobo way at feeding time. Squirting of both sexes. Actually, Eric John squirts all over my hand. Not that I was jacking him off. I was just... Well, maybe I was. I was kind of there while he was fucking different women, including his wife, but also several women. Not me, but my hand was sort of fucking something. And I guess his big Boeing 747. And then I got Eric John's, little John's, all over my hand. And Vicky loves him so. She licked it all off. That was the days of body fluid exchange. Very sacred and profane. Mm. By the way, we're we're talking about this openly with you because we want to bring the city council and uh, representatives of the city up to date. Uh, You know, to... Why we have beds. (laughs) This was actually a night of many beds. There were also people having sex on beds all around the stage. Yeah, and they're trying to steal my beds. And so we still have those beds. No more orgies at the moment. But we have the the mattresses, actually, because the beds don't have really a frame unless they're on the stage. Mm. And then we make a beautiful frame for them. I also sent you over a, a, a... a, uh, a design magazine that uh, the, are couches that are made with beds, with mattresses. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's basically what we do with our couches or our mattresses. We turn them into couches when they're in the studio. When they're not in the studio, if somebody wants to sleep on one, 
you know, God bless them, and Jesus too. Or have sex on one. Oh, I have sex on one, certainly. <laughs> anyway, we are pro-sex and anti-war. So ah. there. We're not on Spotify, are we? Would you like to talk about Spotify? Oh, no, no, no. I just mentioned I that. would sooner oh, okay. or later. Well, go ahead. Then. And we might as well. Might as well. And this might, as well. might be something we should get out of the way because... If you're on social media of any sort, you know that there's this big feud right now between Joe Rogaine on Spotify and Neil Young, who is no longer on Spotify, because he said Spotify couldn't have both Neil Young and Joe Rogaine. So Spotify, of course, chose Joe Rogaine because, first of all, Spotify is not really a music platform. They have a lot of music, but almost all of their musicians are also on other music platforms. And they are primarily a podcast platform. And Joe Rogaine... I call him that because he has obviously a walking advertisement for that stuff. Anyway, he is like their biggest dude. And I mean, he's a small dude, actually, but he's big. A lot of listeners, viewers, people that tune in to imbibe Joe Rogaine's cure for baldness. No, I mean, his ideas. So they stuck with him because they spent a lot of money on him. You know, it's, it's a purely business decision, and this is a capitalist society. And Neil Young pulled his music, and actually it was a fairly capitalist decision on his part too, somewhat, although I like Neil Young. I like to think that he was principled in saying this, and I do believe he is. He had polio growing up and I think he had a child who had polio or something like that. Who had polio? Neil Young. So oh, Neil Young. He knows suffering from disease and uh, he knows okay. the value of vaccines <clears throat> and he knows the value of trying to tamp down on a pandemic and how even when you are a revolutionary in many, many ways against the government, that you need some organizing element to help to deal with a plague, a pandemic. And so anyway, Neil Young said, it's either me or Joe. And so they chose Joe, of course. But I think Neil Young's music probably shot up because a lot of people went, oh yeah, Neil Young, I remember him from way back. And a lot of young people might have gone, hey, I'd like to check this old fogey out. And it has become kind of this revolution of old fogey musicians that I used to listen to, removing their music. Joni Mitchell, Paul McCartney, the Rolling Stones. They're it, all pulling the, the music? It's a rockin' wow. geezer revolt, Whoa, baby. Geezer power. Anyway, let me tell you that Spotify is feeling a little bit of pain. I think they have chosen their pain, and they decided they didn't want to lose all of Joe Rogaine's fans because they stick with Spotify only because of him. And nobody tunes into Spotify because of Neil Young or any musician, really. So they made a business decision, but... Neil Young is punishing them like a good dominatrix. Whack. Not killing them or anything. Just whacking them. Because they've had a little exodus. Not major, but major enough that it's messed with their bottom line. And who knows where it might go. This rockin' geezer revolt. It's not censorship folks, those of you who are calling it censorship, no. That's the banning of books in libraries in Texas and Oklahoma 
and Mississippi, books like The Handmaid's Tale and Toni Morrison's Beloved and Art Spiegelman's Mouse. These are classics that are being banned and mostly by right-wingers, although liberals ban books too, and I think it's terrible. And Joe Rogan's not being banned. He's being boycotted, just like some people, like myself, boycott certain things that Israel promotes because of Israel's lousy treatment of Palestinians. And I say this as a Jew for Palestine. Anyway, I'm not totally against Joe Rogaine. He has some lame positions, quite a few, and he interviews some jackasses, really, like the former professor Jordan Peterson. Oh, my goddess, he is awful, going on and on about the color of his skin being tan, and therefore, you know, affirmative action shouldn't be applied to people of color because this white dude is tan. <laughs> no, but he's got some really bad stuff. He's very anti-sex. He, in fact, feels that the left and the right are joining forces, and he's kind of right about this, to go against sex work and sexual exploration. And he supports that, of course. And Dr. Richard Malone, who is full of malarkey about vaccines and about COVID, he has people like that. But I have to give him some credit because he has also interviewed our friend, Abby Martin. Yay, Abby. Yay, Abby. And he did a very good interview with her. And in fact, that was my introduction to Joe Rogan, which is why... I always have a little bit of a good feeling about him because I didn't know who the hell he was. I was going to interview Abby. We interviewed Abby. I, you I, I got bought, her bought, on I, the show. You found her. Yeah, I bought a painting. Uh, uh, not a painting because it's too expensive for me, but a poster. A poster. Abby yeah. is quite an artist. Uh, yeah, I really beautiful. love her art. Wonderful art. And I have to say, she has a similar aesthetic to my own poster yes, work right, very and yet much, so. much better than mine very a thousand so. times better than mine abby is a true artist and i am a dilettante in every way and a really great uh, news person and uh, a truth teller she is so great and beautiful oh yeah beautiful. I mean, I don't and has a great husband i think they're married mike prisoner yeah they have a kid oh, and yeah. he got an award for being the most bonobo protester of last year because I was just so blown away by his interruption of George W. Bush's victory lap speech <laughs> right after the anniversary of 9-11 or it was right during. And here's George W. Bush, the creator of the Iraq War and the Afghan War, bloviating at some high-paid event, and Mike just interrupted it and said, I'm a veteran, and you you killed killed my 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 buddies, and you killed a million Iraqis. And and that's actually what conflict means. There's a lot of people getting killed and and bloodied and, and villages and towns destroyed. By the way, uh, Dr. Susie, if I can interrupt for one second, uh, I just wanted to say hi to some some of the... Uh, I'm now looking at the map of who's who's on the site listening. Okay. Yeah, so you want to hear? Of course, we've got Cyprus. We've got Croatia, Slovenia. And oh, I visited Slovenia. Yeah, we've got Slovenia and Belarus. Uh, Ooh, Belarus. Belarus, They're having some issues. And then we have Lebanon. Oh, Lebanon. Well, they're having always. They're having a big... That's a really cool place. It used to be. It used to be really great. Portugal, Andorra, Tunisia, Israel, Italy. Israel. Sorry, Israel, but I think you're practicing apartheid. And Poland. Got to stop. All right. Anyway, hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Yeah, we see you. We love you. 
And the East Coast is full of people. Wherever you are, we love you. Yeah, peace. Because the war dogs, the dogs of war. Absolutely, are barking. Are barking. And we are against that. I just think that AOC was right on target when she said this thing in the Ukraine has a lot to do with the fact that that thing in Afghanistan is over and we have the leftover munitions. The military industrial complex has nothing to do. Well, they do. I mean, they have troops all over the world and they are constantly building nuclear weapons and other weapons that we don't need, but they would like to, you know, get some of those weapons used. So they would like a little conflict which yeah. won't be good. Anyway, she's not the only one saying that, but there's too many people barking for war on both sides, liberal and conservative. Right. And it's absolutely crazy. We are anti-war. I also want to say Joe Rogaine did interview Bernie Sanders, and he talked about bonobos to Elon Musk. So he has some good qualities, and I have to admit, I have to confess that we are on Spotify. No, I know we are. I know we are. We are a podcast. Yes. And us leaving Spotify, I don't think it would make that kind of statement that Joni Mitchell leaving Spotify makes. I think it's better for us to be on Spotify and criticize Spotify for what Joe Rogaine says, which is mainly a lot of dangerous stuff about COVID. Yeah, and you know, he said something yesterday, I was so jealous. He said something about Elon Musk's Musk's truck. Oh, right. And and he said, it's the coolest truck I've ever seen. Uh Uh-huh, and you're a truck man. Yeah, and he got into the news for that. You like trucks. Yeah. I'm going to say it's the worst truck I've ever seen. It looks like a... Right. A, a slab of steel. A, a slab of steel. On wheels. On wheels. Uh, let's see if I'm in the news tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, steel go Steel on wheels. Joe Rogaine, he doesn't have great taste, although he had Abby Martin and Bernie. And so I guess I see good in a lot of people and so I see good in him but I see bad in him hosting you know some other people although I might have Jordan Peterson on the show but I wouldn't let him get away with saying such crazy things and yes Joe Rogaine has a lot of racist people on the show and, and, and so they have the freedom to say things they just don't have the freedom to say things on this radio and and spread that kind of uh, hate and violence. On our show. Yeah, on well, our if they show. say it, we'll yeah. just And they're not being censored. They're, they're all over the place uh, on, on right-wing, massive right-wing networks that are, uh, as uh, some of uh, Mr. Trump's followers are starting to realize, they were caught in a, in a cult. Ooh. And literally, a lot of them are trying to get out. You say were, but, but there is a Trump the, rally uh, yeah, going yeah. on right now or today. Yeah, yeah. And they are pretty into it. They're running around with a big American flag with Trump's face on it and some kind of they're, target they're of a, Biden. A, and you know, it's going on. Yeah. I don't uh, know if he himself will be able to carry it forward, but who knows? He's got these people in this cult still going, and it's going strong. And some of them are nice people. You know, I'm very bonobo about everybody. I have hope. Of course, hope is the one evil that Pandora kept in the box. Hope. Huh. Mm. I have hope Mm. for these incorrigibles war that's war. the worst i keep thinking that biden is bluffing in ukraine with russia 
I hope. There's that thing again. Hope. That evil. You know that the... I say it's evil in this case because I really believed that both Bushes were bluffing against Iraq. And I was wrong. Remember when yeah, they yeah, were yeah. gathering for Desert they're not Shield? Gonna, they're not, I, they're really, not really going to go in. I was thinking, wow. You know, because Bush Sr., I felt kind of like he wasn't so crazy. He might just bluff and get Saddam to do whatever he wanted him to do and then go home. But no, he just turkey shoot killed thousands of Iraqis and ran over the whole place and bomb, bomb, bombed Baghdad and ruined things. And then Bush Jr. comes along and again builds up for war and claims that Saddam has weapons of mass destruction. And I always thought Saddam was like one of those guys who claims he has 10 inches in his pants when he's really got two. Right. Right? So I just thought, yeah, W is bluffing. He's not really going to start bombing Iraq. Nobody wants him to bomb Iraq. There was huge demonstrations against it. Yeah. All the people of the world came out against that war. And he did it. He bombed Iraq. It was what I call the rape of Iraq. So I think, I hope, Biden is bluffing, but maybe not. I, I, guess, I, I guess because I'm a war baby and I'm 78 years old, I never, never saw a period of peace without killing and killing and killing your children, your friends, just so that this whole system can stay up and not collapse. And they can hold on to power. Ooh, to power. And stuff. Plastic. <laughs> yeah, lots of stuff. Electricity and gasoline. Yeah. But I use all those things. What criminal needs 11 houses? <laughs> well, then there's that. <laughs> there's the middle class, which is extraordinarily rich compared to the rest of the world. The middle class in America. But then there's these billionaires. Super duper billionaires. And... That just is off the charts. Shouldn't be. It's turned me socialist completely. I used to be just yeah. a little bit socialist. Now I'm just like, you got to get these billionaires to cough it up. I always thought you were very social. I was very social, but I was a little libertarian years ago. Uh, yeah, me too. I went through that phase. Yeah. So I was always pro-sex. And I guess that's libertarian. So I'm hmm. still that. And the problem with a lot of socialists is there are a lot of puritanical socialists. And yes. That's very, a big problem. They're very serious. So, mm. so socialists have very little humor. Oh, well, then there's that. <laughs> Which is all right, because I'm socialist and I have some humor. Well, it's all right to have no humor, or you might just have a bad sense of humor. But to be anti-sex, I think, is very debilitating to society. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And... Especially when you couple it with being pro-war, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what's happening now. We've got this war on the horizon that the media is beating their drums for. Oh, everybody's so excited. So excited. <laughs> this, and another. Ukraine doesn't want it. Right. Their <laughs> leaders are saying, whoa. Hey, you guys, can you just calm down, please, you're, you're everybody? Fucking, fucking with my business. Yeah, we'd like to just live in peace, and we don't want war, but America wants war. Yeah. I voted for Joe, but I didn't vote for this. Please, Joe. You know, don't I, go to war. I like Joe a lot, and uh, he's done a lot of good. By the way, the economy is booming. Sort of, but everything is too expensive. Y yes, of course. Such but, inflation. But that's, but that's not his problem. That's, Should uh, be. It, well, it's supply and demand. 
So you're getting gouged once again by the capitalist system of like, there's less water, therefore we charge more. Oh, you should send out more checks. Yeah, right. Well, that's, uh, I think they're sending out another one. I they just, should. I just got something in the mail. We're in a pandemic that's an endemic. Yeah. That doesn't just end. I'm so over. We have to learn to live with it with masks. Actually, if we don't, besides the pandemic, there's just this study they've done. And old people are just dropping like flies from air pollution pollution yeah nanoparticles that the human body has no fucking idea what they are <laughs> absolutely well that's certainly affecting me yeah me too and a lot of you guys out there i guess huh? a lot of us rocking geezers rocking geezers <laughs> it's the rockin geezer revolt <laughs> Oh, baby. Watch out, Joe Rogaine. Really? I don't know how long he can keep this up. He seems like it's a human steroid. Wow. Anyway, speaking of being on steroids, that is the American way. And that is why this war footing is so American. And I think the Europeans are not too happy with it. Mostly not. It's a war game to Americans, and Ukraine is just far enough away that we feel like, well, it's okay. We'll just watch it on TV. Except nuclear winter travels to us. Yeah. And death does not become us when we perpetrate it. Look at how Afghanistan has come back to haunt us and Iraq. Anyway, please don't go to war, Joe. And then there's the violence at home. Okay, so what to do what to do stop gun violence at home right i was just looking at something that michael moore had written his latest i guess anti-gun violence manifesto and i am an admirer of michael moore he has some good ideas and i met him actually at an emmys party and somebody introduced us, and he was polite, but kind of scowling with a scowly face, which I probably took personally. And then somebody else started talking to him, and he totally turned away, and I felt bad. And so I have no personal love for the man, although I should have been more aggressive, but I'm not that way. But anyway, I admire his films a lot, and I actually hosted a watch party with Move On, remember? Yes, Back yes. in 2004 right. for Fahrenheit 9-11, right? You were there. Yeah, yeah, at the warehouse. We'd just gotten back I'm, I'm from Pico. France. Yeah, I just... And we hosted that. Yeah, I just... Right. With the Yale students. Ah, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Yale Annex. We're working with the Dr. Susan Block Show. And that was... Thank you. ...a Move On event, which was exciting to have all the Move On neo-puritans look at our erotic art and dildos (laughs) (laughs) michael moore has come up with this manifesto and he says america is not addicted to guns and yeah i would agree with that addiction is where you suffer withdrawal symptoms get addicted to certain drugs but we're not addicted to guns so people that say that are kind of off And we have to look at this statistic. He brings up a good statistic. 78% of Americans do not own guns. Did you know that? Actually, I did, yes, yes. Almost 80% of Americans do not own guns. Only about 20%, 22%, according to a 2016 Harvard Northeastern study. So, okay, so let's say maybe now it's 24%, maybe if it jumped up own any guns at all. And only 3% of Americans own half the guns guns, in America. And so, this is not a problem that is beyond our control. And other countries, you look at Australia, they had a terrible 
mass shooting and then that was the end of guns pretty much yeah now if you want to buy a gun in the market there an underground market the black market it's like thirty thousand dollars right <laughs> so, <laughs> as it should be yeah and that is mainly about assault rifles and handguns you know, you can have your hunting rifle that you need a license for and should keep locked up when you're not hunting. You shouldn't be hunting people. And the police should not have these types of weapons either. That's an important component of what should be in our new, less gun-tolerant America. Mm-hmm. Police mm-hmm. shouldn't have all these weapons and be killing people like that they shouldn't get away with that and so i agree with michael moore he has some good ideas and acknowledges that a lot of white gun owners are racist scaredy cats or just plain nuts he does say you know there's a mental health problem in america too this is all true thank you reagan what, what does he ignore what do you think what is the factor that michael moore and so many anti-gun people ignore the have, sex. Uh, the sex, the fact that a gun feels sexy to these folks and looks sexy. Yeah. Right. That's important. They pose with them. The like. sexual thrill that so many gun owners get from their guns. That amosexual thrill that is praised and honored, at least by the NRA and their fellow gun owners. If it's criticized by other people, those are the enemy. (laughs) And you can shoot them, right? That's the mentality. This amosexual thrill. And it has so much power. Why? Because so many other sexual thrills are denigrated and despised. So, what are you going to do? There's so many other kinds of sex that are considered wrong. That you're not supposed to indulge in. Masturbation is considered wrong. Any kind of sex that's outside of married, for children, only is considered wrong. So, you are wild, erotic side when you're an homosexual. It just flows through the barrel of that gun. And you just feel like that ammo is your sperm. And your sperm wars which can be a very nice thing, actually, sperm wars. It's just a feeling of arousal over the idea that other men are interested in your woman. It's that cuckold feeling about your hot wife. But when it becomes a real war, <laughs> it's no good. No good at all. Football, okay. Yeah, that's all right. I guess, although I'm not a fan. But real war, please, people. The nuclear clock is close to zero. So, you anti-war people, my fellow anti-war people, my fellow anti-gun people, why don't you acknowledge the sexual element? The reason that guns are sexy. How it's intrinsically tied to sex being denigrated in every other way most other ways that's my soapbox and i'll stand on it okay no that sounds good uh you know um you know while you were talking about that i said maybe i should apologize for using words that uh that they that people find offensive uh you know what i'm saying uh I can imagine some people listen to this and think that we're some kind of crazy loonies from, uh, you know, or a threat to uh, established religion. 
But r really, what we're here for is to bring you into the future. And the future shouldn't be killing. Because you're all running out of time. <laughs> you, you're all <laughs> running out of time. Just like I'm running out of time. There's two great forces in life. That's one thing I agree with Sigmund Freud about. He was wrong about women. Although I do enjoy wearing a strap-on dildo. I don't have penis envy. But he said that there's Eros and there's Thanatos. Yeah. They are brothers. And you know what? He wasn't even original when he said that. He was basing it on Eros, the god of love and lust and Eros Day that the Greeks, of course, came up with, developed a beautiful young man who was later turned into a little baby by the church. He really, yeah, I guess he was a little baby sometimes, but in his major form in ancient Greece, he was a handsome young man. And his brother was Thanatos, who was also a handsome young man. I was talking to one of my clients the other day, who's very erudite, about his interest in Thanatos and how he is very interested in that. And I notice that, yeah, the world is. The world is very interested in death in war, in violence. I'm very scared of life, eros, sex, lust. lust. I think it's capitalism. Lust. 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 Better to be lusty than greedy. Much better. Lust is one of the sins. I don't think it's so sinful. What's wrong with lust? I mean, acting on lust in a bad way is bad. Like if you go after a child or if you go after somebody who spurns your advances, of course, these are bad things. But simply feeling that lust isn't bad and you can just turn it into a fantasy. I mean, just. I know it's difficult and that's why you need a sex therapist and you can call us anytime at 213-291-9497. Yeah, we're always lying around on our mattresses and uh, <laughs> waiting, waiting for waiting your calls. Waiting for your calls. Laying around. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love my mattress. It's my magic carpet into my imagination. Yeah, and they're so concerned here about the old folks like me and you. Mm. Oh, that almost brought me to tears. Oh, when they were talking <laughs> yeah. about charity yeah. for the old folks. Charity for the old folks. Should In we, their meeting, yeah. before they got to our... Should we give them an extra sandwich? <laughs> yeah, about how many sandwiches the old folks can get and how they should get as many sandwiches as they can eat these 85-year-old dementia <laughs> patients yeah. oh well that's good and i said that was good i actually said i'm really impressed yeah, to hear yeah, that yeah, i yeah, was yeah, very yeah, yeah. hopeful yes i was an idiot i was surrounded by kangaroos <laughs> i thought i was talking to human beings tom beck april verlato i thought you were human where do you come you've been doing this for so many years you're like, you got a mob there. Kangaroo court. A kangaroo court. I guess they invented that they, in they, Australia. Probably, yeah. So they've gotten rid of their guns there and probably their kangaroo courts. So we should get rid of ours here. No, it's time for change. I mean, these, I, I mean, I like old people also, you know, and I like middle-aged people. I, I like everybody, but there should be some term limits Oh. For these people. Well, April wasn't so yeah. old. Well, right. That's why we should have some term limits. 
And also, they've been there for years. I was well, some of them. There was yeah. somebody complaining about that. Yeah, yeah. That they were kind of ossified in uh, their ossified. position. Ossified, totally. And that totally. they looked out only for the city council. Rules, rules. Well, rule, right. Rules are rule, rule. Rules are rules are rule. Uh, yeah, rules are rule are rule. Uh, Gertrude Stein has nothing on you, huh, <laughs> April? Ooh. A rule is a, a rule. rule. By any other name, is a rule. <laughs> Shakespeare. Oh yeah. But as a rule, rules change. Well, of course. As a rule, it's life actually changes. A rule different that changes. Changes happen in cities that you're in. April, Ooh. April. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta calm down. And, of course, this yeah. building has 14 rooms with 14 bathrooms, bathrooms and showers. And so it's ridiculous that people can't have a mattress or a couch in there that they lie down on after they take a shower. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the landlord has not been able to rent this building because of the way you have it coded. Mm, we'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah. Well, I actually, we'll be suing you soon. I mean, seeing you soon. Both. Uh, uh, both. <laughs> Harassment. Here it is. This is your, your new uh, your new city uh, magazine. It's called the Arcadia Parrot. All right. All Very right. nice. 10,000 copies are going out. Here you go. Mm. So... In good news, the U.S. prosecution of Julian Assange has received a slight bump. Bump. <laughs> Upwards towards the Supreme Court. Maybe it'll fall down. It's now at the Supreme Court, and I say prosecution, but really it is persecution. They are torturing this guy. This great journalist this Jesus Christ of media it's terrible and of course very anti-war anti the Iraq war where he revealed a lot of very very horrible information about the way that the U.S. drones apply to civilians, including journalists in Iraq, and they didn't like that. And you know, I don't like everything about Julian Assange. I didn't like that he released the Democratic Party's emails on the eve of the election. I didn't like that. I was mad at him. But they were given to him. These emails were released to him, not by the Russians, by the way, but even if they were by the Russians, whatever that means. Come on. (laughs) These are public servants, the Democratic Party, and it should be released. And the Republican Party as well. It was bad timing. That's true. There's somebody at the front door because I keep saying there's a motion at the front door. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, maybe it's the uh, Arcadia <laughs> stormtroopers. Right. Hey, we're icons. Yep. I've been called a lot of names, but I've been called an icon before, I think. So Vice will be here. Yeah. They want me to have an orgy and <laughs> testimonials from my phone sex therapy clients about how much they love phone sex therapy and how it has saved their lives. So, you know, give us a call if uh, you're ready to do that. Sure. And we will move forward into February. (laughs) Oh, speaking of which, it's almost Valentine's Day. The high holiday of love, brothers and sisters. Lovers and sinners, V-Day, are you ready? (laughs) Are you ever ready? Valentine's Day is coming in every sense of the word. 
And the high holiday of love is fraught with mixed emotions for many. Me too. And maybe especially tough to navigate in these politically divisive, sexually suspect, COVID-infected, hyper-commercialized, economically ridiculous and dramatically climate-changing and emotionally exhausting times in human history. These are challenging times, but I hope you take the Valentine's challenge and celebrate in some way. I mean, there's the romance way. We all know that way. And that's a good way, you know. I'm all for romance. I've been into romance. We've had some romantic Valentine's Days, haven't we, Captain Max? We certainly have. But it's uh, hit or miss. And romance is a very serendipitous force. You can't force it. Now, Lupercalia is another thing, and it is the original pagan Valentine's Day, which I will tell you about when we're closer to the actual date. And you can also learn about on drsusanblock.com as well as YouTube the Lupercalian origins, or as the Trumpus would say, oranges. But it's not about orange. It's red. It's the color red, really. And that's what Valentine's Day is all about. Goat's blood, really. And so you want to find out about Lupercalia. It's also about whipping, which is a lot of fun. Better to have your buns beaten consensually on Lupercalia than your heart broken badly on Valentine's Day. My advice, if you're at all kinky, celebrate Lupercalia. And if you're at all ecosexual, if you love animals, I mean non-human animals, okay? You don't have to love humans. If you love bonobos, as I love bonobos, then you will celebrate World Bonobo Day on Valentine's Day or thereabouts. Give something to the bonobo organizations that we support, like Lolia Bonobo, Bonobo Conservation Initiative, and do just enjoy the bonobos. I don't know if the zoo is open, is it? The zoo? Yeah. Yeah, it's open. Okay, go to the zoo. Enjoy the bonobos. If there's a bonobo exhibit at your zoo, such as San Diego, there is. And... Also, release your inner bonobo, (laughs) which is not easy to do in COVID times, unless you just don't care. And I hope you're a caring person. I hope you're a sharing person. It's hard in COVID times to be that way. And so I'm in this odd position of finding that a lot of the people that don't respect COVID protocol and regulations are the people that are pro-sex and a lot of the pro vaccine pro-mask liberal people are neo-puritanical so I'm trying to carve out a place with Captain Max here my husband of almost 30 years and partner, friend for 36 years. At least, yes. And lover for 31 years, for one year before we got married. We're so traditional that way. Yes. (laughs) I'm all for that traditional stuff, but I'm also for exploration and Lupercalia. Go Bonobos. I want to say thank you. I want to apologize if you're offended by some of our free speech. And uh, But judge us not because I try not to judge you and uh, be peaceful. 
Stop the killing. Stop the killing. Make love, not war. Make like bonobos, not baboons. Although, there's a whole story about these baboons <laughs> that go bonobos. Oh yeah, the ba 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 baboons. It's in my book, The right. Bonobo Way. Right. Which is, uh, yeah. Right. Right here. Show the book. You can get it. You can read about a group yeah. of baboons and baboons are usually very violent, vicious killers. Right. They make war. But through a series of unfortunate and yet fortuitous events, this troop of baboons studied by Professor Robert Sapolsky went bonobos, became very sexual and very non-lethally violent. So if baboons can do it, we can too. Yes, we can. Make like bonobos, not baboons. Make love, not war. Make love to someone you love tonight, even if that someone is you. I love you. Talk with someone about something you can't talk about with anyone else? You can talk to us. I'm Dr. Susan Block, your mistress of the airwaves, but my day job is director of the Dr. Susan Block Institute for the Erotic Arts and Sciences, specializing in sex therapy over the phone. Anytime you need to talk, whether you need serious psychotherapy or a hot phone sex experience or a combination, my world-renowned telephone sex therapists are just a phone call away. Totally private, absolutely confidential. We listen, talk with you, advise you, role-play for you, fantasize with you, no fantasy is too taboo, and help you with anything from impotence to exhibitionism, fears to desires, fetishes to marriages. For more information, call us at 213-291-9497. That's 213-291-9497 anytime you need to talk. You're listening to Radio Suzy One on the World Wide Web.